Hey, what's going on? This is Brandon. This is Joshua. Hey, this is Dave. This is Fernando Gonzalez Gomez, co-director of The Passenger with my friend and brother, Raul Cerezo. And you are now tuned into PBD Horror. Hey, this is Joshua. What up? This is Dave. Yeah, Brandon, uh, he's he's out today, but we keep it rocking, keep grinding uh, whenever we can. And we today we have Fernando Gonzalez Gomez. Yes. See, yeah. I said it right. Oh, Good job. Good job. You were nervous. You were Fernando nervous. Fernando Gonzalez Gomez. Yes. And he, Fernando is the co-director of the upcoming film, The Passenger which we had the pleasure of being able to screen and discuss with him. Yeah. So real quick, we thought we should do some of our favorite Spanish films, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I haven't seen every Spanish film, but I can definitely name off a few that I would highly recommend if I were to try to get somebody into the Spanish horror mood before they embrace watching The Passenger. And Josh is just going for it right away. Yeah, there it is. The Blind Dead Collection. Uh, you actually asked me if I had it uh, before we were recording. And I got super excited. Um, I went through a Spanish horror phase for a while. And uh, and I, uh, I have tons of Mexican stuff, too. But, yeah, some good stuff coming out of Spain, man. So, Josh, why did you, what, like, made you go through that Spanish horror phase? Uh, I got the movie uh, Horror Rises from the Tomb. Yeah, uh, with Paul Nachi, and Paul Nachi was amazing. And I was like, "This guy, he's got it going on. What's this about?" And uh, he's this got was it going on the internet, right? So I'm like, "He's all over the movie." And then he he's like an icon. And then I got Panic Beats, and I loved Panic Beats, and it, not the best movie, but he's a director, he's a writer, he's a producer. Like he was a strong man. He's a singer. Like. You could find uh, bootlegs of him singing, you know, way back. We used to get uh, tape trades. And um, sometimes on the end of horror movies, they would put Paul Nachi singing. And he'd be like, hur, 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 hur. and it, it was awful. And then he would be like, picking up trucks. Like, it was crazy. Um, so he's my superhero. Yeah. Straight out of Spain. Yeah. So, Josh, can you give uh, people, like, a, a few examples of, like, some classic Paul Nachi films. Cause like, I'm, I'm like familiar with him, but I'm, I'm yeah. sure that there's a lot of people who aren't. He's and done. I also admitted that like, uh, aside from, I actually think I did watch one where he's a, he was a werewolf. Um, he was a wolf man, like a Spanish wolf man. Right. In one of the films. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not even coming to me. I mean, that was, that was like, I mean, like he's Curse been, of the werewolf or something like that. Yeah. And that was a classic one, dude. He was so good in that. Um, but he was in Frankenstein's bloody terror, uh, Dr. Jekyll versus the werewolf. Like I'm going through some of the, the list here. Hold Return on. Of the, I think it was return of the wolf man that I had. Yeah. He, that's the only Nazi, uh, Paul Nazi film I had seen. Even some of his lesser ones, like he, he played Tarzan in a film that was great. Like he's not stereotypical lean 
mean guy. He's short, kind of fugly, and just he, he looks like me. He looks like a spark plug, pretty much. You know what I mean? Uh, I lost a lot of weight and I'm thinning out, but when I was heavier, I just looked like a sausage. Yeah. And I almost what, I almost didn't recognize you today. Oh uh, yeah, oh, thanks. Like, where'd he go? <laughs> I thought so you were. I thought you were your son. That's Max. That's Come on, that's funny. Uh, Night of the Werewolf. He was in Night of the Werewolf, right? I think there's that's. It looked like there was a few werewolf movies. Yeah, Howl, Howl of the Devil, uh, The Night of the Executioner, which was not that great, but it looked really beautiful. You might like that one. Um, the the color the color scheme was really interesting. Um, I would recommend that one just for the cinematography on that. And and most of his films, correct me if I'm wrong, are like 70s and 80s films, correct? Yeah, he went right to the um, 2000s. I think he died. Oh, really? um, yeah, he. I I'm not sure if he actually died or not. I, I you know uh, what? I, this is going to be terrible. I, what's that? He died in 2009. Yeah, you know what? I had a room org issue. They did like a tribute to him when he passed away, and I unfortunately lost that issue. But yeah, that what I do remember that. So what's funny about Paul Nachi is. Even though he was dead, he worked on so many things that didn't get finished that even after his death, they kept releasing films with him in it. Yeah. Um, or they would piecemeal a movie together around a piece of footage that they had of him so they could use his name as clout. Like his uh, the work he you never saw, you know, that kind of deal. You know, so, even even more interesting is I heard that he is actually still alive and he lives on an island with Tupac and Biggie and Kurt Cobain. Who's that? <laughs> Paul Nazi. Well, who's, who's that? Who's Tupac? Who's Biggie? Do you not know those people? I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh my goodness, you're lying. You're lying right through my face in my eyes. I'm going to assume they all committed suicide. That's terrible. Paul Nachi did not commit suicide. They did not commit. None of them committed suicide except for Kurt Cobain. How do you not know who these people are? You're joking with me. <laughs> all right, this is this is like blasphemous right here. And I'm going to... Um, is this another one of those R. Kelly people? Like, you were talking about him forever and wow. ever. Wow. That I didn't know who it was. <laughs> And I was like, I don't, I don't. Where, where have you existed in the last like 20, 30, 40 years? Like, what? I was watching Tombs of the Blind Dead. Yeah. Paul <laughs> I've only been watching Paul Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. What are your, what are some of your favorites? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's move on real quick. Um, so I actually, I came up with a little short list and Josh, tell me if you've seen any of these, I think you might have, uh, one of the first ones, and this is possibly one of my favorite, uh, of this wreck wreck REC. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it was what they based... called a uh, wreck with a W and that, that involved a car wreck and a Bigfoot. Okay. And I thought you were talking about that, but REC, that was a good movie. Yes. And, and, you know, everybody knows the quarantine films, which are, these are, you know, is based is the American versions basically of the, the rec films. And there's like a rec two, three and four. I don't know if they went up to five. 
Um, so they'd made a bunch of those sequels. I used to really like this because it blends. It was kind of like when the zombie phase, like when we started to see fast zombies. So, but it's not, they're not zombies. They're like infected, right? So it's yeah. different. It was and like the vein of uh, demons, like Argento's demons. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. But like found footage, if I yes. remember. And that's that's the other thing I was going to say. It's found footage, which, you know, as I've mentioned a few times, I do really like found footage films. And this is like good found footage. So, it, you know, it's not like shaky cam. It's, it's, I don't know. I really enjoy the rec films. And I just found them like if you watch them at the time they came out, it was like, wow, what am I what am I watching? This is crazy. Um, I know now that stuff's kind of played out, but that, like the original stuff, it's like awesome. Um, time Crimes is another interesting one that is sort of it's sort of horror, but it's also sort of thriller. Uh, so, you know, I don't know how many people if you're just strictly horror genre, if that's a film you're going to connect with. But it has to do with like time travel. And it's it's a little eerie. I like that. Have you seen Time Crimes? No. Check it out. It's um, it's kind of it's kind of eerie. Uh, a little confusing at times, but it involves some time travel. Uh, I can't remember too much of the details of it, but it, it was a film I enjoyed at the time when it came out. Um, in the last couple of years, though, Tigers Are Not Afraid came out. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. Uh, things kind of blend together nowadays, but uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid is actually a really good film. It's kind of almost like you're watching, it's like, so you're watching these kids, go, you know, that are basically acting like adults. They're all on their own. And then it's got like this little bit of like magical, um, like it's like a child's tale, but then it's like all these dark stuff's happening too. It's like this blend of things. It's a really beautiful film. It's kind of heartwarming at times, but then also like kind of depressing at other times. Uh, I really enjoy that one. Josh, I'm assuming you haven't seen Tigers Are Not Afraid. Uh, no, I, it's funny. I've heard about it quite a bit, and uh, I just haven't seen it. I feel like you would probably appreciate that film. There's some pretty cool aspects of it. Like I, I'm trying to look for, there's a word I'm trying to uh, find for that film, but I can't really, it can't, it's not coming to me. But it, sometimes it feels like you're reading like a kid's book. Um, like there's like cartoonish stuff kind of comes alive to tell a story. So it's almost like fairy tale-ish, but it's like set in like urban present time. Um, so it's it's definitely an interesting one. My last one is Here Comes the Devil. Back in like, oh God, 2000, was it 2010? I'm sure I saw that. Uh, I'm going to have to look it up real quick now because uh, I'm pretty sure I have seen that. Yeah, so... That one looks yeah. like it came out in like 2012, actually. Um, yeah, that was one I enjoyed. Another one with some kids, and you know, I, it, yeah, like a lot of a lot of the older Spanish films that I used to like. When I say older, I mean like within the past 15 years, maybe. I noticed a lot of them used to have like really like there was this darkness to them, which I think yeah. is interesting now because now I'm watching like. The Passenger, which we'll get to in our interview with Fernando Gonzalez Gomez, but that's like comedic almost. There's like elements of comedy and black humor in there and yeah. almost it's a blend. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like 
before the Spanish horror felt like it had to, like I had to go and go down this dark route, or maybe that was like more of just, maybe that was just because of the times so of what was kind of going on. Cause like, sometimes we see that, like we talk about like the French extremist new wave films that were like over the top gore and violence. And that was kind of like a reflection of what was going on in their society at that time. Maybe that's kind of in like, early 2000s to 2010s but maybe that's stuff that was going on at that time i don't know but now i feel like we're at a different point and maybe we're going to see some different horror from from spain yeah and it's not just spain like south america in general is like untapped you know what i mean um same thing with africa like there's a lot of good horror all over the world that a lot of americans just don't know because who's going to go to africa to see it you know um and South America, it, it's it's a strong community. I mean, look, we had, uh, I mean, uh, who came on? Uh, we did the Exorcism of God. Yeah, and Alejandro that, Hidalgo. And we had the Argentina Scream Queen. And all of her films are amazing. She's an amazing actress um, and singer. I just watched a couple of her YouTube videos the other day. Huh. Uh, and I can't pronounce her name other than Clara. Clara. But? Yep, Clara. Yeah, what's her last name? I'm not saying it right now. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm mad at you. Like, Kurovich, Kurovich, yeah, yeah. And every yeah, time I because I don't want to be disrespectful, so I'm not saying it right now. Yelled at me like five times. That's not how you say my name, and I, I couldn't say it. So, uh, but yeah, Exorcism of God was really good. And uh, when you go all the way back, um, there was some even even some good stuff uh, in the uh, early '60s and earlier with uh dracula and stuff yeah. down in south america when they first got a hold of dracula and they they put their own spin on dracula which was really cool um i can't remember the name of it. it's escaping me and i've seen it like 20 times <laughs> but uh yeah so good stuff and spain is just like one portion i think that we are focusing on but uh south america is rich in horror so and you know josh we were talking about this a little bit before but like I've really enjoyed getting to meet the these directors and filmmakers and actors from other countries. Like doing these interviews with them really gets me to see like it's cool to see their Ameri- like the influences they're getting from films from the states, but it's also interesting seeing like different things that they are adding to them and how like Fernando talks a lot about like lo- like it's, certain things are very local. And he wasn't sure how that would connect to like a broader audience, but it for him, he wanted to have that those local things in his film because it felt authentic. And I love that because like we we talk with him later, and like you'll hear, I don't want to just watch a film that's a foreign in a foreign from a foreign country and feel like I'm watching an American film. I want to feel like I'm watching a film from a foreign country. The whole point, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, and and a lot of times I like the subtitles, um, and sometimes I don't. I wish I spoke spanish but there's different dialects um and that that happens with a lot of film that i get i read the subtitles sometimes the subtitles don't match or it don't make sense and i'm like who did this and the dubbed uh sometimes dubbed is cool because it's in english but other times i'm like if it looks too too ridiculous it's like nah it's not even the look uh it's the acting itself and when you watch them with the subtitles and if they got the face and they're all like into this character and they're like, oh, and they're arguing back and forth and you could see it all heated. And then I'm going to hit you now. 
you're a bad human. You know what I mean? It takes you're away from human. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just takes away from it. Yeah. So. Uh, Josh, I want to just announce a little bit of news based on kind of something we already just touched on. Uh, so you brought up exorcism of God by that, uh, Alejandro Hidalgo had, um, had made, and he, we did an interview with him. I just saw an Instagram post last week, I believe it was, or maybe the week before, uh, he had his script out for exorcism of God too. So it looks like we'll be getting a sequel to that one. Oh, so, that's awesome. Oh, I hope he comes back on. Yes, congrats um, to Alejandro for, uh, taking that venture and, uh, working on his sequel. So we're very excited for that. If you guys haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It's worth it. Uh, wherever you can find it, even if you have to get a physical copy. Um, it's even if you have to go to Alejandro's house and ask him if you can borrow a copy, you know, right. That's right. Knock right out Venezuela for it. (laughs) But you think about, um, we we're obviously like fans of horror all over the world, like Argentina, Venezuela. And where's, 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 where's he from? Fernando is in Madrid. Madrid, Madrid. he uh, even Madrid. That's right. So well, why? We, we maybe we should just go to the interview before I totally ruin it. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoy this interview with Fernando, and you know, check out the film when you get your chance. A heart-stopping experience that defies man's imagination. A taste of hell. Hey everybody, thank you for watching or listening, whichever one you are doing right now. We are joined here today with Fernando Gonzalez Gomez. He is the co-director of the new film, The Passenger, and we are very uh, privileged to have him join us. He is joining us from Madrid right now. Hi, Fernando. Hi, hello everyone. Yes, here we are in Madrid. And and I'll also mention, just so people are aware, not only are you joining us from Madrid, but it is after midnight in Madrid. So this is, you know, we are very privileged to have you join us. So we appreciate you taking that time. If you feel me a little bit loose, you know what? <laughs> well, <laughs> that in the vodka chugging too. So. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> That's awesome. The, uh, so I'm just going to start off and I, I'm really curious what inspired you uh, first to get into film period and then to go into directing from there. Well, the the idea came from from Raúl. Uh, I, I have to say that there is a very uh, common or very uh, well known app, mobile app in Spain that it calls BlaBlaCar, and it, it it's an app where you can share your trip with strangers. I mean, you are doing a trip tomorrow to from from Madrid to Barcelona at nine a.m. and then you you share the trip, and then the people can go with you. And then you share the cost and the gas and everything, okay? Yeah. What is uh, nice in the app is that you can say if you are a person that speaks a lot, if you don't like that the people speak, if you like to smoke when you are driving or whatever, or drink vodka when you are driving or whatever you are doing, uh, it, just in order that the people knows who is the driver. This is one of the things that we play in with Blasco in in the in the band, no, that he 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 said in the ad that he speak a lot and what are you doing listening music, gotcha. Uh, and and the driver in in that trip was Raúl, and they was driving to the Sitges Film Festival, uh, but it was like uh, five years ago, and they was driving with an old woman at the back. Well, she was really nice, speaking about the uh, the fields and everything, but in a moment in the well they. 
being the like the middle of the of the trip, a new passengers came into and was a black guy. And in the moment when he entered in the car, she transformed in a racist monster. And she is starting to saying bad things to the guy. What was crazy? And Raúl thought to drop her in the gas station and leave her there, or something like this. And was where the idea from like a sharing car with strangers and something a monster yeah. came inside and everything goes wrong. It came from there. It came from there. Yeah. And was a trip traveling to the Sitges Film Festival, and the film was released. In Chichas Film Festival, it's oh wow, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So, um, your brother is Raúl. Yeah. Is, is he your older brother or younger brother? No, it's. A, I mean, I mean, my brother is my friend. Now it's my brother because we made two films together. Then we are family. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. What what got you guys together um, and working on films? Uh, we work at a lot. In short films, I mean, I've been like uh, 15 years and I directed 36 short films. It's a little bit crazy. And Raul probably is the producer of short films that produce more short films in Spain in the history. I think he has 90 or something like wow. this. Then in between him and I, we have like 150 short films together. Damn. <laughs> it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. But but we, we, we never worked together. We know each other because we are well-known names in the small world of the short films in Spain, very small world. But we, we never worked together. Uh, and and I, I directed uh, and also write a film called, titled uh, Standard in, two, uh, two, in 2019. Uh, and he saw the film and he told me, Fernando, your producers are a little bit crazy because uh, in a movie it, it felt that, that you have a total freedom. And I said, yes, I had total freedom to do whatever. I don't know if it's a good news or not, but I had. Uh, and then he told me, okay, I want, I want to show you this. And then he showed me the script of the, of the passenger that no one wants to produce in Spain. They shared the, the, the film to a lot of crazy amount of production company and no one wants. And you know, what they don't like in the in the movie, the exactly things that the audience now love in the fucking film. I mean, now <laughs> everything, love, all the things that the producer said, no, 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 we can do this and we can do this. Okay, whatever. We show to my producers, to La Dalia Films, that was the producers of my first feature film, Standard, and they love the character of Blasco and they say, we're going to do it. And I called Raul and we jump it into a pool with no water together, and here we are. <laughs> Is it a pool with no water? Yeah, with a pool with no water. <laughs> that was the jump. Yeah, good, good way to learn how to swim, right? Yeah. <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. So, uh, Fernando, the passenger it's it's slated to be released by um, Dark Star Pictures and Bloody Disgusting, which. Yeah. Is really cool. Uh, over here, you know, we're big fans of Bloody Disgusting. It's a, like the place I usually will go to for my horror-related horror news and to see like what movies are upcoming and stuff. Um, and the film's already been released in some film festivals. So I was just wondering if you could just kind of tell us like what's that, uh, what's the response been like from people who have seen the films? Uh, crazy, crazy good. And even we are really surprised and glad uh, about the reaction 
in in like uh, in not in Spain, like in other countries, like in the States, yep. Germany or France, Belgium is going to release in the Bifan also in Korea. Then, uh, but but we we feel that we have a very locally movie. I mean because. Because we are uh, telling stories very local, the Spanish they will fight him, the guy that is defined by his music, this kind of old band that also is a Spanish brand that disappeared. I mean, there is a lot of small things that are very local and very Spaniard. But even we, we see that the audience in the States that we see when we read the letterbox, okay, we enter in letterbox and we see, oh, there is a new opinion. Like, you know, learners, we are new. All the all the opinions we read we read everything. Raúl is like a scanner of Twitter. A new one, a new one, new review. Oh, two stars. <laughs> like this, like this. Reading everything. I mean, if someone is carrying to us and he's seeing that we are not going to read their opinion, we are going to read it for sure. sure. We read everything, and and it's and it's nice to see that. Uh, I think the, the the American audience they are seeing something that reminds them to the these old movies i mean from the 80s early 90s but with something fresh then mm. they feel like comfortable uh, watching the movie even with a lot of locally jokes but okay it doesn't matter i don't understand what they are doing about fighting whatever i i follow i follow i follow the characters and it's nice it's very nice i you know i just i wanted to say like for me i think you're right there is some elements that remind me of some some like 80s movies, like with, um, you know, the, when they pull over the van at one point, there's this uh, thing on the ground that they touch or whatever. Like there were elements of that. But then also it kind of felt like I was, it felt very much like I'm watching a film from another country. And I actually really enjoyed that. Like it felt authentic to where it's being filmed. And it for me, it was like kind of being able to, like I like the idea of watching a film that's authentic to somewhere else that I'm not familiar with. So that for mm-hmm. me, I kind of enjoyed that experience. It felt like I was watching a film in another country. And I, and I, I like that. I don't like necessarily when foreign films look too much like what I see on an everyday basis. Well, well, when this, this uh, from another country, not from the States are trying to do the same that you are doing in the yes, States. Then you're exactly. saying, no, we are doing good. Do your thing. Right. <laughs> and then exactly. I watch it. Hey, exactly. Like that, I that's what I really connected with. It was for me, it was fun to watch a, something different. And I and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. He liked that you jumped in the empty pool. Yeah. That's what <laughs> what's a good idea then. <laughs> so I, I wanted to bring this up. This this film looked beautiful. A lot of these shots um were spectacularly done. And I know you had done cinematography before. So did that affect the way you directed this film? Uh, one thing I want to say, the DOP, Nacho Aguilar, is his first movie, his first feature film. His, wow. His first one, okay? And we did with an amorphic lens and we shot it in the forest with not a lot of light. Then... Mm. <laughs> It's really good. Yeah. And this is one point, but it's important to, to say. And another one is that uh, Raul and I, we are uh, v- very like maniacs of uh, the uh, cinematographic language. I mean, when we are 
putting the camera in a position is because of something. We are telling something to the audience. We want to, to, to transmit a feeling. It's not, it's not just, okay, it has look good looking. Not, not only that. It's, we want to tell something with every shot. Uh, then what was the problem when we make the jump to the pool and we said, okay, what the fuck we are going to do in a band the 80% of the time of the movie? We have this, 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 and this. Finish. We have no more position to put the camera inside. Then we started to work with the arts team in develop, in, in manufacture, uh, a replica band from the interior, but was a Lego and was inside um, the, the plateau. And then we can uh, drop off the laterals, drop off the roof, drop off the prompt, and then enter with the camera and then made all these shots that we imagine or we design it when we was uh, planning all the all the movie yeah that's even, that's even the creative. driving itself uh when you were driving the van itself there were shots of the van and even those i was like wow these are really well done yeah really yeah. If that was your first if that was your dp's first uh film job ever he yeah. is going to stay busy for the rest of his life. <laughs> I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him. <laughs> I'm going to tell this to to Nacho. Uh, and we we are we are proud. I mean, he 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 made a, a really good work when we was working Raúl and I with Nacho with the influence with the the. I remember when we said today is the night of J.J. Abrams because of the <laughs> flares, <laughs> and then today is the night of. I mean, we we enjoy a lot um, taking the influence, the colors, and 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 the work with Nacho was uh, was really really nice, and he made an incredible work. And being his first, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So we've done, you know, we've kind of already dug in a little bit into the film. Um, could we maybe take a step back? And I could I just ask you to give our listeners a quick little synopsis of what this film is about, without any spoilers, obviously. What it's about, it's about a trip with, uh, in a sharing van of some strangers that they are traveling to a small village at the north of Spain. They need to cross some, some beautiful places, some, some forests, some, some secondary roads. And in a moment at night, they hit a girl that is walking in the middle of the night, in the middle of the road. And they decided to, 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 put her inside the van and then move to the nearest uh, hospital. But this was probably a bad idea. Finish. <laughs> <laughs> it's same, same bad idea as jumping to a pool with no water. <laughs> yes. There, there was also a little mislead there for a uh, time because something happens with one of the other characters. And I was like, oh, that's going to be the problem passenger. And then I got hit with the swerve. And I love that. I was like, yeah. oh, oh. Oh, there it is. Like that's uh, so you totally threw me for the loop. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I I love it when you can do that in a film. Um, if it keeps if it keeps me guessing or gets me surprised, it's worth it. You know. Um, mm -hmm. So, how was it working with Raúl uh, now that he's your brother? Very, very good. I mean, I mean, I, I feel very comfortable with Raúl. We have uh, different visions of the. Um, general of movies but but we have the same way to to see how to tell a story how what what we want to see in the screen uh, uh, we are like uh, surrounded to the text 
totally surrounded to the text then and both of us we we work for the test i mean we we forget everything and we are just focused in in what we want to to see and when we want that the audience feels uh, when we are telling the story and i mean as good as we repeat i mean we already finished our second movie together uh, that is finished oh. like uh, two weeks ago and was a new in the screen daily that uh, it's 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 going to be uh, well it's it's now or one week ago and i'm losing a little bit now uh, the it's the title is the elderly and it's also a general movie but in that case we are moving to this uh, like a drama horror i mean like uh, if, okay. if the um, the question in the passenger is more like partying movie uh, where, where you have the adventure but you have the black comedy but you have yeah. the terror the horror the thriller uh, in the case of the elderly we're focused on uh, these uh, like uh, familial problems uh, and and horror in another point of view uh, okay. we, we can say from our i mean saving the distance that we have the passenger is a small bloom house and the elderly is a small a24 <laughs> I like that. I like that. That is good. That's awesome. So, you know, you said the elderly is about family, but I would also kind of say that there's some some messages in here about family. So, you know, when I was watching this, I was like, there's similarities to like a zombie film here. Um, and I know that this we're not necessarily dealing with zombies. And I'm not like I said, we're not going to get into any spoiler territory, but Zombie films often have these moments where it's less about the zombies themselves, but it's more about like human nature and stories about humans. And um, I saw that here. There's moments of like tenderness. There's moments of like showing difficulties that happen in like dynamics with parents and like in the mother daughter relationship and just humans. Like there's, you know, some stuff that said that, you know, could be a little off kilter and at times. So I just wanted to like see if you wanted to elaborate on any of the like the intended messages you were trying to get across to the audience. Uh, well, f- f- first first of all, we we, we love genre uh, movies because it's where everything can happen. Yeah. And then you you have this freedom to have everything in the same movie, but even is where you can have this subtext. You can you can tell some inner stories. Uh, behind the, the 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 zombies or behind the alien, you have all these intra stories from uh, a man like uh, it's from the past or he's in the past, and these mm, girls, these women that are modern and strong, and they are completely against him. But then you discover that he 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 is not a bad guy. He's only like. A, not the correct culture, or is 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 not with the correct education, or he yeah. he he grow in an incorrect place, and and we do not pretend to judge him, but I know that the audience start judging him in the first uh, third of the movie, yeah. but step by step you, when you are know him, you are starting loving him. Uh, I remember um, when we made a screening in somewhere and someone from the audience came and I said, in the moment I show Blasco moving his glasses, looking at the girl, I never thought that I will love him. Yes. And it's, it's nice to, to hear this, no? to, 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 to hear this. And also, Raul and I, we, we love that the people 
know very well the characters in order to suffer with the characters. I mean, like be with them and follow them in the in the story, in the in the film, during the film. And then, I mean, there is some modern films that you feel like a voyeur in the building in front of the movie that you are seeing something happen, you are a killer, and you are enjoying with the death of the people because it doesn't matter. The blonde girl, it doesn't matter. You don't know who is here, why, why she's running in the forest. Okay, then we, we, we like to, to, to know these interest stories, the past, why they are here, what they are doing this trip together, and then know more about the characters in order to, I mean, suffer with the characters. Yeah, yeah. I, and I like that. You know, you're exactly right. From I, you had you shared my exact like sentiments when I watched the film. The, in the first few minutes, I was like, "Oh, this is not going to be the character I'm going to enjoy at all." And then as the film goes on, he becomes significantly more likable. You see a different side of him. He has like a paternal side where you know he's like protective, and yeah, he just totally changes. And I think that it's like accurate of all humans, right? There's a side to us that is probably unlikable, and then there's a side to most people that's redeemable right so i you know I it's it's it this is he is very locally but it, this is completely uh, global yes the people yes. always uh, have this feeling when they see something and then you are not you you you, you until you don't know more about this uh, man or this character you you judge him in the first view exactly ah. yep that's it yep exactly that that uh that happened with a few of the characters too because um the other lady that was in the band she came across like very rigid and awful and then you realize like later on you're like then all of a sudden i have real sympathy for this lady and yeah. uh i was like there there's another one um another switch you know and i gotta say super well done on the characterizations um and as a director was it hard to get the actors uh, in those certain spots? And I'm sorry, we I live on a main drag, so we got drag racers. Sorry about that. No and, problem. I, I hear, I hear. And uh, a house is on fire, like uh, six houses back. So you probably hear a lot of sirens too. I don't know what's okay. going on, uh, but it's, okay. it's crazy okay. outside the okay. house. I'm really sorry. Um, yeah, I live in a crazy neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, I but, see. Uh, I see. Yeah. Uh, so the characterizations, especially uh, with actors, they when you had some really good actors here and their their expressions alone were telling the story. And I got to work on a film once and to capture the actor at that certain moment sometimes is not easy. And yep. as a director, I just wanted to know how hard was it to really work with the actors and try to get that out of them or did it just flow easily? Not easily, but uh, we worked, Raul and I, we worked a lot of what was the correct tone because we got a little bit scared because of the trip of the movie uh, and, and also with all the characters, the evolution of the movie start like in a daily comedy, but they are moving with something darker and then she's going to lose her mother and then you need to, to understand their feelings and everything. Then if you put, you start the movie like in a high uh, comedy concept and it's not like more daily, more common characters, something more natural, uh, it's going to be difficult 
when you are entering in the in the dark question, don't be like something like a somebody or something like this. Like you are like just enjoying the death. We want like the people suffer with her inside the van, not being with the mother saying, "Okay, go and kill her, go and kill her." You know. Uh, then uh, was a natural proceed. In a moment, we 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 know where we want to move. When we start the test with the then says with the with the team with the with the actors, uh, when we start in reading, uh, we 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 step by step we we search for it and in a moment we we see it. We said this is the tone, hold it, and then follow this tone for the rest of the of the movie. And they are crazy professionals. And I want to tell you one thing, Paula Gallego, that is the girl that is Marta, the girl with the scar. She entered in the movie two weeks, one, one week and a half before to start. Because we had a problem with the, uh, with the first uh, uh, actress that's uh, supposed to, to, to be Marta, and we, we lose her because of a problem, and, and we need one week altogether searching for who is going to be Marta to play the role, and we found uh, Paula, and Paula start one week and a half before. It was crazy. And what's crazy, in the moment we she sit down in the test with Ramiro Blas doing Blasco, and with the first line we say, they have chemistry. What's crazy, yeah. in, a, in a moment, what's, what's, this is luck, I don't know, the god of the cinema was there with us or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, she, she killed it. Uh, it it's funny because I, sometimes you hear about these breakout stars and stuff, uh, you know, first it's going to be your DP. And then I think it's going to be her because she killed it in that film. Also, also it's her first movie. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we, we think she has a crazy career, career in general. She's a screaming diva. The, the, camera, the camera loves her in the tension moments. Loves her. It's crazy. And she's crazy good when you... It's like a cry, a scream, jump. Screen again, cry again. It's like it's like a robot. It's crazy. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. 16, uh, 16 years old. Sixteen. And and she was another character. At first, I was like, I'm gonna hate this kid. You know, as soon as we <laughs> her, I was like, man. Yes, yeah, like like you know, like Blasco. Is what happened. No, I don't go into like Blasco because Blasco is this angry man. Is from the past. He's saying these things. She, ooh, she's, ooh, she's a teenager, uh, yeah. Dua Lipa, whatever. I don't like her. The mother, the mother is so strong, and the, the the Mexican one is only listening and and and, and pridein and, and I mean, I don't going to like no one in this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, well done. So, I mean, as much as like the the movie's about a ride, we all go through a ride as well when we're watching it. Uh, just watching the characters kind of evolve and all the crazy crazy shit that takes place. So um, thank you for, for coming on here. Thank you for sharing your film with us. Um, when, so when do you think people will get a chance to see your next film, The Elderly? Uh, well, The Elderly, it's uh, in distribution by the hand of Filmax. It's a Spanish company, but very well known out of our uh, borders. Uh, and they start in selling it to the international markets in Cannes. One week ago, where can stay being celebrating? Then it's they are like finishing probably the first agreements. Who knows? We have no news. If someone wants uh, to acquire uh, the the rights for the states, we hopefully someone 
bet for our second film and let's see if you can be able to to watch there yeah well when it when it does hit the states and you guys are pushing promotion please come back and join us again okay oh, definitely we are always 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 open you see 1 a.m and we are always open here in yeah. madrid more interviews <laughs> come on <laughs> come on uh, so Fernando, before you go, can you just tell our listeners, well, first of all, where can they find you on social media and when will they be all able to check out The Passenger? Uh, well, uh, you can find me, you tip uh, everywhere, Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, Fer Gonzalez Cat, C-O-T. I mean, my first name, but short, Fer Gonzalez and C-O-T, Cat. Raul Cerezadas, but if you find me, for sure you are going to find Raúl. We are always together and connected. And uh, and about the passenger is going to be released in limited theaters on the June third, and then on twenty eighth June VOD and DVD. I think. Okay. Then Perfect. You so, you can be able to have a physical copy of the passenger. Ooh, nice, nice. Um, I I just have one one more question before you go. You've done a lot of shorts, and now you it seems like you're working on full length. Are you going to stay working on full length, or are you going to go back to shorts? Uh, I love shorts because of the freedom. Yep. Uh, you can do whatever you want, and, and it's uh, uh, the best place to, to try things. But there is no one paying salaries to do short films. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to more of your work. So... Yes. Okay. And, uh, Thank just you. A, a, a quick side note: uh, the VOD and DVD will actually be on June twenty eighth. So uh, that's it. Twenty eighth. That's when we will be able to get our hands on the physical copy of the basket. So, Fernando, awesome to meet you, and this was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you uh, too much to you, Joshua, Dave. Uh, thank you for your time to having me in the podcast, and I will follow you. <laughs> it sounds good. So thanks again. And everybody, make sure you check out The Passenger and have a great night. Thank you. Thank you. Over, you lose.